it's really weird that athletes get told to just stick to sports and it's it has nothing to do with any other profession like you would never go up to a barber and just say stick to cutting hair you know um, so I felt like that's always a weird stigma that gets attached and I, I don't even know where it comes from. Welcome to the Outwide Podcast. I'm Steph. I'm Resh. Welcome to our mid-tournament kiki. It's a racket down under. Today, we're going to go over some on-court drama from the first week, including who is left in this tournament, some of the comeback kids, some OMG moments, and then end with some off-court drama. So let's start with who is left in this tournament. Some real surprises. Yeah. Well, right now we're recording on uh, Tuesday, the 23rd. So we are in between the quarterfinals and the semifinals for both the WTA and the ATP um, for for the men's and women's rounds. And it has been a barn burner. It has been a barn burner. (laughs) Yeah. Coco. Peryush. Peryush. Dominating. Oh, yeah. Happy to see her there. Sabalenka. Oh, yeah. Didn't know which direction that was going to go. Same, but especially after Brisbane. Totally. Got a whooping. Got destroyed. At Brisbane in the final by Rabakina and is now sitting pretty in that semi. Sitting pretty. And is the defending champion. Champion. Yes. Exactly. So, yes, last night, uh, Coco played and Sabalenka played to set up, like, the first semifinal. And now we have the other half, where there are four other players waiting to meet them. We have Kinwen Zhang, the 12 seed from China. Uh, Anna Kalinskaya, a Russian tennis player who beat Sloane Stevens. We have uh, Noskova, and we have uh, Diana Yastremska, 23-year-old Ukraine, Ukrainian qualifier. Um, so I think the last three, Kalinskaya, Noskova, and Yastremska, are not even seated. I think you're right. This yeah. is not this is not on my bingo card. <laughs> no, it's been a real whirl- <laughs> whirlwind for sure. <laughs> I know. I could have like right. I could have. I could have predicted Sabalenka Coco final potentially or semis. Right. That one I think is you know as expected. But I mean everybody else within the top ten, like just crashed out. I know. I've been spending a lot of time looking up who are these players. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> yes, especially these like these the four and the other half. I was like, I really don't know these ones. Yeah, and I mean, interestingly, everyone's like, oh, it's the year of the comebacks. Everyone's, you know, making these comebacks. And I mean, ultimately, what it's really turned into is it's the year of the teenagers that have come out of nowhere <laughs> uh, to upset the entire tournament. Exactly. Exactly. That's so true. We had so many teenagers um, that, you know, we'll talk about a little bit, but like Andriva, um, Mira Andriva is this person who, you know, a Russian prodigy, 16 year old who uh, beat Ons Jabor in the first round, I think first or second round, her idol. Yeah. And then I did not either. Ons was just not looking inspired. Mm hmm. 
that's kind of who we got left so far, those six. And so yeah. hopefully we'll get like some insight into in the next like 24 hours who is going to make the other semifinal. And yeah. then, I mean, how are you feeling about Coco and Sabalenka, that, that first semifinal going into, going into it? Well, I think it's a huge bummer that they're on the same side of the draw. <laughs> same. Um, I would have preferred them to meet in the final. Um, yes. Yeah. I mean, coming into the tournament, I would have said, I'm not sure Sabalinka's going to pull off a repeat. Um, but she's had such a strong showing in this tournament that now I think it could go any which way. Um, and then it's a bummer, right? Coco won the twenty twenty three US Open and is now up against the 2023 Australian Open winner in the semifinal. So it's a huge match. Uh they both are gonna want it so much. Uh so a bad. lot on the line. Exactly. And it's wild that that's not the last match. Like I they know. will have another match and to play. Yeah. I mean I'm not a big one on predictions, but it may end up being the match. That's I, I hear you. I, I don't know. Because we'll I, I mean, I think whoever wins that one, I think is going to be the favorite. I would think so because the entire other side of the draw is <laughs> crickets on seeds. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. We'll talk about who they be a little bit later. But do you want to get into ATP? Sure. Um, yeah. Who is left? Novak's, obviously. Um, Carlitos Alcaraz been making a good showing. Yes, he has looking yeah. great. Yeah, he's seed number two. Novak's mm -hmm. is number one. Uh, Daniel Medvedev coming in at number three. Wow, I mean, a lot of the top seeds are kind of predictably remaining, right? So the men's yeah. side has been kind of they they were on our bingo card. <laughs> They were the majority, right? And <laughs> yes. then the women's side is the complete opposite. It's like totally almost no one could have predicted the women's side. Um, so yeah, Yannick Center number four hasn't dropped a set in the entire tournament. Um, yeah, and then Zarev, boy, bye. I hope he loses to Carlos <laughs> swiftly, swiftly with the quickness. Yeah. Yes, that happens tonight, hopefully. Yeah, I was really hoping Cam Norrie was going to take him out last round. Um, and then her catch, number nine. Mm -hmm. So all of the remaining players are seated, turn seated players. Fairly exactly. Pre fairly predictable. Exactly. Yeah. It's kind of business as usual over there. There haven't been any major upsets. Yes. No. Yeah. Um, I think the, the biggest one early on was Runa. Yep. Um, and then I think last night Fritz got out. So really there's no, you know, I think that was one of the, you know, U.S. hopes was the top ranked American um, against Novak. But he lost yesterday in four. So in four. Yeah. He did. He did. And he didn't. I. That's the best that I've seen him in a while. Like Novak was not serving well. Um, that first set. And like even in that second set, too, I think like honestly, Taylor could have gotten that first set. Uh, he yeah. had some set points. Um, so I think there's a, sometimes I feel like there's a belief thing there. Mm -hmm. Well, and I guess Novak is sick. Like he has a cold or something or COVID. No one will ever know. Um, Cause he won't get tested. Cause he won't get tested. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he's been run down. Um, voice sounds weird in interviews. So mm -hmm. I guess he's had a cold, um, but he's, 
Still looking pretty good. Yeah. He's still like, yeah, looking, yeah, playing great as expected, even though, you know, he may not be feeling his best. Uh, did you s- <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I don't know. It's giving antics. I know. I know. As usual. Ugh. Yeah. Did you see? Um, I watched this part too, but during the Echeverry match, uh, at match point, somebody yelled, Get vaccinated, mate. <laughs> I did not see that, but that's hilarious. I know. I was like, Legendary. I was waiting for it to happen, to be totally honest with you. <laughs> um, he just stopped and he was like, Ugh, he looked really bothered. Um, and then, you know, he won the match. And so, you know. Well, you know, his body is a temple, so. Oh, yeah, definitely. God, they keep talking about it. Everything that he's eating, you know, (laughs) hugging the botanical garden tree. I'm just like, can y'all, like, climb out of his asshole? (laughs) I know. I know. I just need you guys to, like, maybe just be objective. My numbers is the absolute goat, and he's just also so difficult to like. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think they keep like, I don't know, it's kind of on and off discussion, right? Around like whether this 25th Grand Slam and how, you know, what he's going for. But really, I think the question everybody's asking is like, who can beat him right now? You know, who is going to stop him from getting that? I know. Well, Sinner is Sinner's waiting for him. That's what I was going to say. Sinner is waiting for him right now in the semis. And then, uh, you know, Hopefully, I don't know. We'll see if Alcaraz, Medvedev, Sammy ends up happening. No, I don't a know. A lot can happen. A lot can a happen. A lot can happen. A lot can happen. Yes. And honestly, Carlitos has had kind of a low profile during this thing. He's winning. He's doing great. Mm-hmm. He's looking great. He's having fun. He's having so much fun. Too much fun, I think. In <laughs> <laughs> that Sonigo match, <laughs> I was like, you play too much, little baby boy. You had no business losing that. Top, that first set tiebreaker, he really didn't. I know. He's just so full of joy. He can't help it. <laughs> he has to be having fun, though. You know, Renee mentioned this, you know, that Carlitos is one that, like, has to be having fun for him to be doing well and that sort of energy to be up. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. like, thrives on the crowd. He loves to mm-hmm. get the big cheers. He loves the celebrations. Mm hmm. And he actually seems like he's genuinely having a good time. He does. Um, Renee also mentioned that she saw him, you know, behind the scenes eating an entire plate of potatoes where they thought maybe there were 30 potatoes on his plate. (laughs) And that's all he was eating. So that's interesting. Carb load. (laughs) Carb loading. Carb loading. I mean, I get it. I love a potato. (laughs) I know. Yeah, I do. He does Uh too. Yeah, and sushi apparently. Oh, okay. That's his that's his uh regular sort of uh pre-match meal, I think. Okay. Something like that is like regular like regularly doing some sushi. During the last Sloane Stevens match, uh her coach handed her two boxes of sushi. Yeah. I saw that. Yes. Yeah, I'm like I've never <laughs> seen sushi have such a big role in tournaments, but okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I love it too. I do too. I think it's, you know, it's better. I think it's natural. Um, you know, they're, they're having these like baby gel packs, you know, that a lot of them are eating. And I'm like, what is this process 
stuff. Totally. Um, did you see Coco's uh, post-match interview yesterday? Yeah. She's like, I keep it, you know, I'm not so much into the gels. I like to keep it simple. Do what works. What does she do? Applesauce? Fruit. Fruit and applesauce. Uh-huh. Pedialyte. Uh-huh. Pedialyte. That's also yeah. the other one. <laughs> Pedialyte. I was like, you can't get cuter, Coco. I know. <laughs> can't. For a little box. Oh, my God. Adorable. Yeah, yeah, that her mom or dad packs for her. But usually her mom. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Adorable. Mm-hmm. Well, let's get into some of these comebacks that we uh, talked about in at length previously. And not a lot that showed up for us, you know, didn't quite deliver as we expected. I'm not a long mm-hmm. time. Basically all of them. <laughs> Yes, here for a short time, it was more quality over quantity. Yeah. Yeah, Naomi Osaka, Rafa Nadal, Emma Raducanu, out. Well, Rafa didn't even make it to the tournament. Osaka (laughs) and Raducanu did, but lost in the first round. Is that correct? Uh, Raducanu? Second round, right? Second round. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Osaka had, I mean, Naomi had like a really tough yeah. draw, like pick from the beginning. Caroline Garcia is like a tough one to play, um, you know, but I think like her takeaways were really wise because I think she's like now sort of bringing both like, um, a, you know, disappointment associated with the loss, but also gratitude and joy with being out there. Um and giving herself the grace, like she kind of also was like, I was pregnant six, seven months ago. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to come back and just be like getting to the finals or getting to the semis. Like, it's going to take time. Yeah. And that's- even Caroline Garcia was saying the same thing. She's like, you know, that was she played great. You know, she was literally pregnant six months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a tough draw to start. It was. Yeah. Yeah. But I think positive takeaways, even from the uh, warm-up tournament with Naomi, I think like solid uh, serve, forehand was looking great, movement was pretty good. I'm sure as she keeps getting like games and matches under her belt, I think it's only going to get better. Yeah, I think so too. And she's basically saying she's going to play all of the major tournaments this year. Yes, that's what I saw. You know, that's Indian Wells. Yeah. Yep. Sunshine Double and then full clay court season too. So yeah. Yeah. Great. I think she's given herself, yeah, some space to mm-hmm. get back out there and not blow everyone's socks off from the very beginning. Where, you know, some players would not come back from injury until they know they can full on win a tournament. And that's not the energy that Naomi's bringing, which is kind of cool because she's just mm-hmm. like, no, it's great to be back out here. I'm so glad to be here. I'm not placing unrealistic expectations on myself it feels good and fun to play again so Mm -hmm. it's kind of cool it is it's a great mentality yeah it's it's like very mature Mm -hmm. because she's not like I think expectation has been such a big component of her career, um, especially after winning at such a young age, beating Serena. Um, And so, like, I think that's been something it sounds like that she's been working on um, to kind of like deal with the ebbs and flows of life. You know, you're not going to be peaking at every point in time. And especially after injury, I think for a lot of for a lot of people like coming back, it's 
you're not going to come back and win it. Like, you know, everybody's not a Serena. You're, you're like your baseline. You have to kind of work up to it. And the draw right now, like we've been seeing, it's like, it's really strong on WTA, right? Like when we have so many unseated players that are making it up to the quarters and the semis, like the level of play is really high. Absolutely. Um, I'm listening to her book currently, uh, the one by Ben Rothenberg, and it's fascinating. Yeah. Highly recommend. I mean, I've just already learned so much and I'm on like chapter nine, but you know, it was interesting to hear how much kind of her parents kind of um, followed the lead of the Williams sisters and, um, you know, just kind of saw them as kind of a lighthouse for, you know, what they too could accomplish and it was just very fascinating to hear, like, I mean, Naomi absolutely looked up to Serena and was, like, super nervous to meet her the first time. And um, just what an influence, you know, the Williams sisters had on her career. And, yeah, it's just she's got such an she's had such an interesting kind of path with, you know, choosing to play for Japan um, rather than the United States. She was raised essentially in New York. Um, and kind of the book just gives really interesting context to all of that and you know why certain players may choose to play for the United States or you know another country that they have um ties to so highly highly educational i mean i've already literally like it's very enjoyable it's not her reading it unfortunately which would have been amazing um mm-hmm. <laughs> but she also didn't write the book so you know mm-hmm. that makes sense but it's it's quite good um and I, I look forward to to finishing that one. It sounds like it. I'm stoked to read it because I think like a lot of what we hear from Naomi is like in press conference or maybe in an interview, um, but it's not kind of uh, that in depth and, and kind of chronicles her career from beginning to now. And yeah, it really wild, gives though. background on her parents kind of and how they yeah. got together and kind of, yeah, how all of it kind of came to be. And it, it's very fascinating. Um, yeah. And I think, I think I had texted you that, you know, Naomi would be out late with her dad practicing well with Naomi and her sister, Mari, mm-hmm. and they had the police called on them, um, playing tennis in New York. Um, people were, I guess, annoyed that he had them out for long hours playing tennis. He got accused of, um, teaching lessons on public courts, which I guess isn't allowed. Um, but he's just, he's not getting paid. He's their dad. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and just a lot of real garbage, um, you know, experiences that they had, um, just being people that didn't necessarily fit the quote unquote tennis bill from a young age, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. so it's it's a very enlightening book, and I think it gives a lot of context to like who Naomi is as a person today, and mm-hmm. kind of why she makes some of the decisions that she makes. Absolutely, highly recommend. Yeah, yeah it sounds awesome. She's um, already had three I, lifetimes, I think. It sounds like it. Yeah, I mean, when you even think about the fact that there's like a autobiography uh, being told or a biography told about this, what like twenty five, twenty six year old. Yeah, yeah, 26 year old. Um, but she has lived a lot of life. Yeah. Yeah. 21. Wild. 
prize money. 21 million? 21 million. Wow. And that's just prize money. That's not ads. Yeah. Not even touching endorsements. Yeah. Yep. Mm. Yeah. Um, We love her. Glad to have her back. Love Naomi so much. Um, Radicanu. Radicanu. Also came back. Got to the second round. Uh, Looked pretty good. Like, was smiling on court. Um, Like, moving really, really well. Uh, Had some great matches. So, um, I'm excited to see her play, too. I think she can, like, with some consistent match play, get back to a really solid level that it's been really tough for her Mm -hmm. to get back to. Yeah, and her mental... Yeah, she seems like she's having fun. Um, there's like some levity to her interviews and, um, yeah, I mean, there've been times where I've seen her play and I'm like, Whoo, but she just seems like she's like really got the weight of the world on her shoulders, you know? And she seems light and I don't know. Yeah. Um, I hope that she's doing as well as she seems like she is. (laughs) Same. Yeah. And then Rafa, who kind of has a different approach to tournaments, like Rafa's not going to play in a tournament that he doesn't think he can win, right? So he opted out of the Australian Open. Yep. Having suffered a micro tear, Mm -hmm. not at his prior surgical site, but adjacent. Exactly. During Brisbane. During Brisbane. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so he said, oh, no, no, no. Stat MRI. He probably has one at his training camp right oh yeah yeah at one of the many one of uh, the many academies academy. that are there he yeah. just said nope we're not doing this and you know what i think is so funny you know the the director of the australian open craig telly or something like that was the one who sort of kept promoting rafa saying rafa's coming back in the australian in 2024 you know at some point last year early before rafa even said he was coming back and um I feel like it's sort of karmic in a way or <laughs> kind of like just hilarious that Rafa was ready to come back and then all of a sudden pulled the plug and said, oh, no, you can't force Rafa to do something that his body is not ready to do. And also, it's like not this tournament director's news to share. It's just weird. It's a strange flex. It's like a real setup to look dumb. Yes, exactly. Well, and it's also, you know, a setup to get money and sure. to capitalize sell off tickets. of this guy's. Co- yeah, sell tickets. Exactly. Oh, we're this is branded as Naomi's comeback. Rafa's comeback. That's all everyone was talking about. And, mm-hmm. you know, none of them are there right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they need to rebrand. They do. They do. They are calling themselves the Happy Slam again and again and again. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen that? No. Open Bar it is my favorite. I mean, just oh, yeah. having, yeah, of the three I've been to, I thought it was the, the best. I agree. Yeah. I agree. It was all good vibes. They also apparently have, like, a, a court that's, you know, not one of their stadium courts that apparently is, like, a party court. Oh, okay. Sounds yeah. right. Let's get into some OMG moments. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think that first week came with some big matchups. And I think, like, personally, I feel like it peaked in the first week. Yeah. Day five. Oh, day five was a hot mess. Oh, my God. <laughs> I I texted one of my friends that um, at that point in time, because it was after day five, I think I was like, the Australian Open has me gagged, as the kids call it. 
Yeah. Just so many surprises. Ridiculous. I think like, and that was just the second round. Yeah. At that point in time, it was just been first round, but so many of those first round matchups, like Naomi and Caroline, uh, Radicano coming back, Murray, um, who lost in the first round. And then that was a big like um, announcement that it could potentially be his last AO, right? Yeah. Damn. Play forever. I know. I know. Yep. And then we had one of the longest tie breaks in Grand Slam history. I think the longest, no? The longest, yeah. Ever. Yeah. Yeah. Rabakina versus Blinkova. Mm hmm. Uh, 22 to 20, which yeah. was supposed to be a 10 point tiebreaker. It went to 22 to 20 and it lasted 34 minutes. Wild. Can you imagine? Oh, that's how long sometimes some sets last. Yes, exactly. Um, and also like in a tie break, the anxiety level, the tension is so high, especially once there are match points, right? Like once you get to 810 or 910, it's just like each, any point could be it, could yep. be the one. And it sounded like both of them had match points in that tie break. Mm-hmm. Wild. Wild. <laughs> to keep that level of intensity for so long, I... Yes. Mm -hmm. Just like dopamine and hormones, just oh, yeah. like surging. Well, you have a theory or some intel potentially on the Rabakana situation, right? Yeah. So Rabakana is the second seed and one of the favorites going into this was the runner up last year and um, beat the number one seed or beat the, you know, the eventual winner previously in Brisbane. So beat Sabalenka uh, two weeks earlier before this tournament. Um, and then right after playing Brisbane and winning it, played Adelaide, a smaller, like I think 250 tournament that week prior to the Australian. I wonder if like she injured herself because she was definitely stretching her calf a lot during that tie break and during that match. Yeah. You know, it makes sense because she's been very dominant as of late. Yeah, I think after Brisbane, she was like the favorite. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she struggled with bummer. some injuries over the years. Yeah, yeah, yep. She and so she was in the same like side of the draw as Iga. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it was, you know, I think that was if if all else goes according to seeds, right? Like, I think it was going to be them, uh, in potentially meeting in the semis but both of them ended up uh yeah getting up surprisingly upsets yeah i know yeah. very surprising very surprising i mean iga that one was a tough one too uh noskova who is now in the quarters right now um is was the one who beat iga in three sets iga after beating daniel collins right you watched that one yep live watch that one and then afterwards, Collins announced that this is 2024 will be her last tennis season. We don't know when, but mm -hmm. that announcement was made. I don't, I, mm -hmm. I'm curious if she would have announced that if she had won. Ooh, that is a good question. I don't know. I don't know either. 
I mean, it seems like she was, it seems like it's not tennis related in regards to like her wanting to stop. It seems like she wants to start a family is what she's Hmm. kind of uh, alluded to. Her coach is interesting. (laughs) On his bio, uh, it says that he is known to wear Heelys in the airport. Mm -hmm. Uh Uh-huh. He stands out in a player's box. Yeah, he looks like he works at like a a record store or something and like (laughs) smokes weed uh, daily. Copious amounts of weed. Copious, I know. (laughs) It was interesting. I was like, I did not, I did not expect this one either. Yeah, it seems like an interesting matchup also between the two of them. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. She does not seem like she would wear Heelys in an airport. (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no um but that was a that was a tough matchup i think for Ika. yeah right i think they had each won twice against each other um mm-hmm. so this was kind of the tie break on that and mm-hmm. Ika pulled through ultimately and actually arguably had one of the biggest celebrations i have ever seen her have after winning which was <laughs> <laughs> yes and afterwards on the camera wrote thriller yeah. and just like yeah. was trying to was just like i can't even process this that was like just so yeah. much to undergo as a player uh wild comebacks yeah i mean the momentum seemed like it was shifting uh constantly yeah. and it really did seem like i think danielle was playing really well i mean the backhand was on mm-hmm. yeah she was she was playing quite well yeah that was oof that was a that was the a best I've ever seen her play, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think that's what I was hearing too around their head to head is that like when they've played before, either you know Iga has beat Danielle and it's been like a straight set situation, or if they go the they go you know for the full three sets, Danielle has come out to win. So um, I think it really easily could have gone either way. Mm-hmm. Well, and Iga's kind of steady Eddie. Um, yeah, you know, doesn't, you don't quite know. And Danielle's yep. just all over the place. And I think that those like energetically, those that can sometimes irritate the other person, Yeah, <laughs> you know, um, yeah. and can kind of rattle them a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, Svitolina was someone we were picking to be, you know, uh, semis quarters. Um, you know, I think easily could have gotten to the final, um, with the way that she was playing. And that was a real bummer. It was a huge bummer. Um, yeah. Retired in the fourth round um, after looking so solid and really kind of floating under the radar. Not a lot of people were talking about her, but I don't think she had played. I don't think she'd lost a set at that point. Like okay. she was so solid. Yeah. She was looking great. Um, I was watching that match and I think it was in the second game of the first set. She, something clearly wasn't quite right. Um, and she wears ankle braces already. And I think even the commentators were kind of like, I think that maybe this was her ankle. And then when she got over to the side, uh, medical timeout, it looked like it was more her back and she went back out and it just wasn't happening. She had clearly tweaked her back. Um, Hmm. and also some of the commentators were saying that like, you know, if Svitolina calls the physio, then there's something actually really wrong where that's just not the case for a lot of people, but they're just like, she doesn't call physio. Like she mm-hmm. is very fit, plays through injury, doesn't 
have a lot of um, physio needs, <laughs> mm. typically. So for her to call them in, everyone kind of was like, this match is over. Um, yeah. Because I guess it's very typical for her. So it's a bummer. She really had a good chance, I, I feel like. Yeah. I think especially like, um, you know, once Ego was kind of out of the draw or out of that side of the draw, like really it just opened up. Because I think, uh, was it Noskova, the one that she ended up, um, you know, retiring against? Yeah. And so that was the one. And I feel like, you know, that side is pretty wide open. So. Totally. Yeah. She was, and she would have, I think, been the highest seed there. Yeah. And Noskova just got to just trace on into the next round. I know. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I know. I mean, she did beat the number one seed already. She, um, she did. She did. Yeah, but like, I know. It, but it's like that is a real lucky, a real lucky yes. one. Yes. She'll come back. I think Svitolina, you know, we've talked about her as like a uh, comeback kid of the year. Yeah. Last year. Yep. I think she'll have a good year still. I think so too. Sloan. Yeah, Sloan good. had a good tournament. I know. Yeah. I was yeah. happy with Sloan. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. She uh, who Kasatkina. She? she beat Kasatkina. Which she did. Pretty boring match. I don't I <laughs> yes. don't know. There was just like no energy there. I mean not from Sloan, I, but like energetically between the two of them. I'm like, this is really boring. Um but then I yeah, agree. But, <laughs> Yes, yes. We were, I, was I was like, like this is, ugh, what is this? I, I was kind of flipping between the other matches because I was like, okay, I, I, I need Sloan to wake up. Because once Sloan wakes up and gets like a foot in this match, I know it's going to be a good one to watch. Totally. Yeah, I know. And she pulled it off and then ended up losing in three sets. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was a bummer of a loss. Yeah, Colin Skaya. That was so close too. I think it was like up until the very end. Um, yeah, it was it was a really, really tough one. She was really trying to like get the energy, but it also seemed like after I think maybe the second set, she just kind of couldn't bring that level back up to actually finish clean. Um, but also beat Layla Fernandez. Totally. Yeah, she had some big wins. She did great. Yeah. Exactly. And has some like uh, some coolness, you know, mental coolness in those big moments that I think a lot of these younger players don't quite have. I think she has that Grand Slam experience and um, it shows. It absolutely does. Yeah. Yeah. And she was talking back at the clapping back at the reporters <laughs> and she was also clapping back at the umpire <laughs> during a couple of the matches. Just kind of like there's been a lot of player um players that I I have seen um, that are upset. I guess they made some changes about when people can come in and out of the stadium. Mm -hmm. And I guess some umpires let, or I don't know how it works, but they're getting annoyed because they're coming in behind this, the player that is receiving the serve. And so the person is serving with this distraction just above. Um, mm -hmm. And I've seen a lot of people mention that to the umpire that it's very mm -hmm. distracting or the umpire is telling them to hurry up and they're like there's people everywhere sitting down right now it's like super distracting mm -hmm. so I, that's my understanding is that's been a change with this particular australian open this year um mm -hmm. when they're letting people in and out and yeah i've seen players be pretty upset about it sloan being one of them just like mm -hmm. why are you telling me to hurry up you can clearly see all of these people that are 
being very distracting and annoying right now. So, yeah, I've seen that too. That makes total sense though. I mean, you know, if, if you are the server, they're in your eye line. Mm -hmm. Totally. And so you're seeing all this movement here and there and babies and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so then it's like, you know, how are you supposed to focus on where you're trying to, you know, serve at that point? Totally. Yeah. I mean, there's some people that argue that tennis just like shouldn't even be quiet anymore and that you should just be able to come and go as you please as a spectator and you should Mm -hmm. be able to be loud or not. And I mean, I don't know what the answer is, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. that would definitely be different. Mm -hmm. It's fairly rare that a sport is uber quiet like that. I mean, I guess Mm -hmm. golf, Mm -hmm. golf and tennis. Mm -hmm. Um. But then you think about things like the NBA, super loud. Um, they seem to be able to perform just fine. So I don't know. I've I've heard some players be like, doesn't matter at all. I'm going to be able to mm-hmm. do whatever I need to do. And then other players seem, you know, like it's kind of their expectation. And I don't blame mm-hmm. them, you know, that it's, that the distractions are kept to a minimum. Yeah. It's just an interesting debate. Mm-hmm. It is. It is. Well, and also like some of those other like sports are are team sports too, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I don't know. I think like tennis is so like individual. Um, But I don't know. I mean, also like if it's, if it's everybody's loud, then it's just kind of white noise, right? Like at that point. And so then you're just sort of in your own head. And I don't know, sometimes I feel like you're like, the quiet can be almost like that's when we hear people, you know, screaming out before they serve or in between a first and second serve or, you know, as the ball toss is going up. And so I feel like sometimes like having that silence almost amplifies then Mm -hmm. when something is louder yeah, um, or breaking the silence. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I mean, the U S open is not quiet. Um, even if they want you to be, it's not. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we're moving in that direction. Don't know. Um, so Rublev was beat uh, last night in three sets by Yannick Sinner. Um, Fritz was the top uh, American left um, and then lost to Novak in four. Um, looked, you know, better than he has in a while. Got one set off of Novak, who was not serving well at all. Yeah. Um, so I definitely think Fritz could have taken that first set and maybe pushed it to five. But um, yeah, like Novak has had a couple like four setters this tournament, you know, and so nobody's looking, you know, with the exception of Sinner, who hasn't dropped a set. I think like even Carlitos has, you know, dropped a set. Um, and so I definitely think like, you know, it could be anybody's game personally. Agreed. I think at this point, right? Yeah, I would have liked to have seen Fritz take him to five sets. But... Same, same. Their record was 8-0 in favor of <laughs> going in. So now it's 9-0. <laughs> no. You know, I mean, it was I know. a tough spot to start from. Yes, definitely. Yeah. But like, I think the the first two sets, um, Fritz was like, definitely uh, serving and the uh, the forehand also with, with a lot of pace. Um, and I think that was like really tripping up Novak. Um, he was moving really well. I do feel like he probably wasn't able to, you know, keep that level up for the whole match. And that's probably what did it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's hard. I know it is hard. Well, there were some real OMG matchups. Blow your mind matchups. Mm-hmm. Carlito, Sonigo, Sonigo Italian. Yes. Very, very, very fun to watch. 
Mm-hmm. That was a full what a match. What a match. Was that five sets? Four. Four. Okay. But Love I think two tiebreakers. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Carlitos had some amazing shots mm-hmm. around the tennis post. Yeah. Some wild gets. Yep. Let's see. Which was joyful. I mean, those two guys like clearly are like showmen, you know? Yes. It was. I mean, they were high-fiving each other after these big, yeah, rallies. And usually with those long rallies, because these were some really like physical ones, Carlitos ends up winning most of them, right? But that was not the case for this. Yeah. I know. Yeah, everyone was on the edge of their seats. Mm -hmm. And I love that Carlitos is one of those that's like kind of a game recognizes game, you know, like Mm -hmm. you... I can appreciate like the quality that you're putting out right now because I'm putting out my best and so are you. Yeah. And so he likes it. Yeah. They were having fun. They were, they were having a good time. Yeah. Layla versus Alicia was another one that I was, I didn't see that one. Did you watch it? I did. I watched that one. Alicia was like the forehand was on and like when she serves, like that is one of the biggest serves I think on the WTA. Mm -hmm like tour. Yes. Um, heavy, heavy forehands. Um, yeah, really, really moving Layla and Layla's one of the best movers on mm-hmm. the tour too. So yeah, like she was, Alicia was awesome. Awesome to watch. Um, and yeah, I was listening to Renee's podcast and she was saying that Alicia used to practice with Serena was like picked to practice with Serena prior to the U S open comeback. Yeah. Last year. Wild. Wild. And also, uh, Alicia and her siblings also were kind of modeled after mm-hmm. Serena and Venus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the Alicia Parks-Coco match was one little more one-sided. I mean, Alicia definitely like looked great. I was impressed mm-hmm. by her skills. It was pretty clear that Coco was going to win. But mm-hmm. um, it was very cute after the match. I don't know if you saw it, but they were... that. Coco was basically like, you and me in the finals next time. I mean, it was very sweet. Yeah. It's really sweet. Yeah. Like just very encouraging. Um, It was very, very cute. I love that. That's very, yeah. That's very kind. Very. And it's, you can tell that they're friends, you know, I'm sure that they've been on the tour for a long time. Yeah. Together. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wonder. Yeah. Yeah. Atlanta. Atlanta. Alicia's from Atlanta. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Manorino and Shelton. Ugh. Mm. Really, 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 really wanted Shelton to win that. So badly. Mm. Because that would have set up a a Shelton-Djokovic rematch. And Shelton does not forget. No. He he is, I think, gunning for revenge. And that would have, I think he would have brought it. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but that was, that shocked me. Like I watched, I think the first two sets and, um, I think like both of them were playing really well. Uh, and I think the second set, like Shelton ran away with it. I mean, he was like, he was praying, like, like praying on Manorino's every move. Like, I think even one of the commentators was like, Shelton is hunting right now. Like, if he got a second serve, he would smack that, like, so hard and then just end with, like, a guttural, like, scream. Yes. He was... 
feeling it like he was on fire. So I was like, this is seeming like it's going to be over. He's probably going to carry this momentum. And so I was just like completely surprised that this went to five and then Manorino won it. Yeah. Shocked. Yeah. Shook. Shocked. Oh, I was shook. I was shook. <laughs> it's true. And also like, yeah, when I was watching it, I was like, Manorino is this is a weird antagonistic energy there. He was like mocking Shelton's sort of backhand slice and mocking his forehand rhythm and kind of bullying sort of behavior. It was weird because I was like, you're you're 35. Like, yeah. why are you missing? Yeah. Why are you why are you doing this? Like, it's giving desperate. Yeah. Well, that was too bad. Because then Manorino proceeded to go on, play <laughs> Novak, and have an absolutely disastrous showing. Exactly. Zero six, uh, zero six, three six, I think. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So, sir, you should have just let the youngin win. Exactly. He would have done, he would have put up a better fight. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll get that Shelton Novak rematch. Don't you worry. Oh, yeah. I think we will. Yeah. I mean, he is looking great. His serve is unbelievable. He's fantastic. Yeah. Ben He's Shelton really good. Fantastic. Ben Shelton. Yeah. He is. <laughs> I think, yeah. There's no way around it. Watching him is so fun. He's serving and he's volleying. He's, you know, really dynamic on court. He does great celebrations. Um, I Did you see this as well? Um, I think Mackie McDonald, one of the other um, American tennis players on the ATP tour, um, was telling Ben Shelton, your new celebration should be fixing your tie, taking the briefcase, and... <laughs> It's just going to be, you know, business as usual. <laughs> so he did it, I think, after his first round match. And I was like, this is is cute. Yeah, that is cute. Yeah. Well, Creative. People have said that he does just like what one of his strengths is. I mean, he's like has an incredibly powerful serve um, and just all around well-rounded game. But that he has like seemingly the ability to just like if he makes an error he just moves on um mm -hmm. really quickly and has this mm -hmm. like gift for short-term memory which is mm. um as a player to not let yourself kind of start circling the drain um if you make errors so i mean it seems to be accurate when i watch him he sh seems to shake off errors pretty quickly and moves on you know not yeah. uncommon that he'll hit kind of a an unforced error or make some mistake and then he'll just come out ace you know i mean it's yes his mental game is intact it seemingly it is yeah well yeah and i think sometimes we see that type of you know short-term memory for players that are really like uh, volatile and kind of up and down, you know? Mm -hmm. And so they have that sort of negative tornado, um, you know, spiraling, and then they'll come back and kind of get it together for a little bit. But it's cool to see those players that are already sort of mentally like um, steady. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he doesn't have that up and down where he's going to throw a temper tantrum and then try and, because I feel like, I don't know, it's, it's unpleasant to watch when you have to see the violence and then the comeback. Like it has to go low before you come up and actually get your shit together. He doesn't seem like that. You know, he's not tossing his racket. He's not cussing up at people. Like he's just sort of, yeah. he makes an error. 
he's like, what's going on? And then comes on back and zips it up. Zips it up. <laughs> That's V's favorite thing to do. Favorite thing to say now. When she sees like people playing, she's like, Coco, zip it up. When I get to those spots where I'm like, I want my player to win and we're so close, I have this weird thing where I just like want to stand up and be like, finish her! <laughs> like I'm like from medieval times. Yeah. <laughs> like a video game, like total knockout. Exactly. It's very strange. Uh, strangely compelled to yell, finish her or finish him. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I felt that with Coco and yeah. uh, Marta Kostiuk yesterday. I was like, Coco, please, my uh, God, put us out of our misery. Totally. Let's go. Let's go. Let's do this. Yeah. I yesterday know. was a struggle. That was a that was a struggle for sure. I think for Coco, that was winning ugly. If I ever saw it, absolutely. But she won ugly. Won. Exactly. That is. What matters? The takeaway. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I know. Her opponent was wildly volatile. I'm just like, from the very beginning. When I turned it on, it was, she was, her opponent, Kostiuk, mm -hmm. right? she was up 4-1 in the first set. And I was like, oh, ah, okay, Coco, what's going on? And her opponent emotionally was acting like she was the one that had one game. Out of, rather than four. Yeah. So I was like, oh, this, I was like, I felt nervous, but obviously like pretty confident Coco was going to pull it off because I'm just like, already this person's, emo she, her emotional dysregulation is showing and there's no reason for it to be showing. Like she's up, mm -hmm. she's winning. She has the ability to win the set very quickly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, Coco came back and won that first set, correct? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Won it in a tiebreaker. Like, wow. got it back to 5-5. Five, five, and then their serving was not great for either of them. No. I don't think either of them could, you know, catch the momentum and hold on to it for a while. Because, like, there were, like, I think 16 or 17 breaks of serve just in, like, the first two sets. Maybe, like, the whole match. I mean, it was, it was wildly inconsistent for both of them. Mm -hmm. Um and so I'm sure that was frustrating, but also like it was frustrating for Coco too, you know, like both of them were experiencing that sort of instability with their game. Um, but, you know, Coco was steady and mentally like cool, Fair. Um, which was really, really great to see. Cause I mean, like forehands were like not working serve. Mm -hmm. I mean, there was like, I think a, a stretch in time where every first serve like dumped into the net and I was like, I felt it in my gut felt it in my bones oh yeah totally i know it was it was a little nerve-wracking yeah but typically the steady eddie <laughs> wins the race <laughs> exactly and i think coco is one of those that like sometimes takes a little bit of time to get like yeah. get warm and to get like that best game showing up like we mm -hmm. saw it in the final of the u.s open right mm -hmm. lost the first set trying to figure out that person's game and i think even for yesterday what she was realizing was like how to beat kostiuk yep. you know i think she kept doing those really high yep. looping forehand shots um and then you know wasn't trying to sort of outrun her like a little bit more patient yep. um yeah well, and that match actually, like, we've talked about how now players can speak 
to their coaches, like it's okay to receive coaching during matches. And that match had me wishing that that was not the case. <laughs> I was like, what are we doing? I mean, this I is like so annoying. Like Kostiuk's coach was like coaching her between serves sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, Coco went over between after the two sets um, when there was that break where she could go to the restroom and walks over near her box and Brad Gilbert's trying to coach her and she's like, I, I don't, I can't hear you. And just like left, mm-hmm. <laughs> left the court, you know? Um, I'm just like, or they're yelling from the other side of the court towards yeah. their camp. And it's like, it's so loud in there. You can't hear anything. What's the point of even having access to this? If like you actually can't hear. Yeah. I mean, I'm like, access. If you really want access to coaching. Like there mm-hmm. should be a way to have like an earbud while you're seated on breaks where you could actually receive coaching. Yes. Like not this, like what hand signals trying to un- hear people when they're like blasting music and the crowd is yelling your name. Like, I don't know. It's just kind of annoying. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I don't want people to feel like they're all alone. It just seems like the solution has been to let people coach when they can't really be coached. So yeah. what if we actually make it so that they could be coached? Exactly. <laughs> like, if you're going to offer it, right, make it like do it fully. Right. Yeah. Make it accessible. Involve yelling, mm-hmm. you know. It'd be kind of nice if you could be speaking in your like native language with your coach mm-hmm. in a way where you could hear each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If we're really allowing coaching. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's just That's like so it's charades. It's coaching charades. It really is. Or it's kind of like an empty offer, you know, like it's really just like half-assed at that point because it's like, oh, well, you have, you can hear them. You're not going to get penalized for talking to them, but you actually cannot hear them. Cannot hear um, them. Yeah. Yes. And I'm just to, curious you know. what the players think. It's like, are they actually feeling like this coaching is helpful? Um, I It seems unhelpful to me. I would just be annoyed if I was a player, if like yeah. I had to yell or if I, mm-hmm. someone was yelling at me. I would just be like, no, just let's, let's not, let's, let's just not do this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah let's or if you're having to, happen. yes, exactly. Play charades or use like ASL to actually com- convey what's going on. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. During yeah. that match, it really like came home. I'm like, there's just a lot of yelling and no one's understanding mm-hmm. anyone. And I'm not sure it's that helpful. And how could this actually be helpful? You know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. I also feel like in in regards to what you're talking about, that volatility that uh, Kostik was kind of experiencing, I think Kostik was even telling her own fans, like people with Ukraine, like flags to stop cheering, you know, like she was like people in her box. She was like, no, 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 stop. It's too much. Yeah. Yeah, she's what's going on. She's got some volatility. She Yeah, the ball. So hard. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, Coco also, I think, was, like, hitting some short, short, like, shots, like, short yep. returns, Um, you know, not hitting with as much pace. Mm-hmm. And Kostik was like, okay, I'm going to wait for my one and then really smack it and had some really good shots. Also, I think her, like, some of those longer rallies 
Caustic was will- winning them. And yeah. usually that is not the case. Coco wins them and then I think takes the momentum. Yeah. And really, I think that's how Coco wears down on like her opponent's psyche mm-hmm. is getting those shots continuously. Like, oh my God, we're in a long rally. She's going to win it again. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I think... Coco got a little taste of her own medicine because Kostyuk was like hitting some incredible shots yeah. and getting to some really good ones. She really was. Coco went yeah. away on that for that break after mm-hmm. the second set though and came back and her head was in the game. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> she was up way more on the third. Yeah. Yeah. Way more sort of like uh, taking the ball early, hitting yeah. with more pace, a little bit more aggressive coming up to net. Um, yeah. I think that was definitely a little bit more of Coco's game that we've like grown accustomed to seeing. Yeah. I wondered, I wonder if they, are they allowed to get coached on those breaks in the back? That's a good, that's a good time. Like also just have the coaches close to the like changeover area. Yeah. Have them closer so they can actually talk to them like you would at like a a Davis Cup or, you know, some of those, you know. Or all those football players on the sidelines. The coaches are always like this. They're like, you know, talking to each other with clipboards in front of their face. I mean, that's another thing. They like if they did that, no one would do anything. You can't do that. Exactly. And here it's like commentators are trying to interpret what the coach is telling the player so everyone can be on the same page, but the player can't even hear what their, right. their coaches are saying. Yeah. The only people that are hearing the coaching are the commentators. Yes. And they're and they're speaking in another language, so oftentimes they don't even understand it. I mean, totally. make it make sense, people. I know, make it make sense. Come on. Thanks for tuning in today's episode of Out Wide Podcast. I'm Steph. I'm Resh. You can find us on Instagram at out underscore wide underscore podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, review, and share. See you out there.